was just so blessed by Pastor's message. Of course, I knew this week what he was going to be sharing because he had told me what he was going to be sharing. And uh, it just seemed right in my spirit just that I'm just going to piggyback on what he was talking about on hope. Hallelujah. I know he's got part two of that, I'm sure, next week as well. But... We're not sure. We'll see. Maybe not. Anyway, we're led by the Spirit, right? So anyhow, I just really sensed that wanted to just center in a little bit more on some of the things he was sharing this morning out of Psalms uh, 27. But you know, we've all had distractions. We've had diversions. We've had things that pop up in our life that cause us to lose hope. Or to let the vision that God has put in our spirit grow dim. Is anybody here, can you identify with that? You've had something set before you and you're just pressing toward it. And then all this stuff starts happening. And you start to question, well, maybe that wasn't God. Or this fear comes up and says, well, you know, I just don't think that I'm afraid that that's not going to happen. But you know what? We've got some promises that we can stand on when those things, those temptations, those tests, those trials of fear comes our way to try to rob us of our hope and rob us of our vision. This has to be one of my favorite Psalms, Psalms 27. And I want to look at the King James Version in verse 1. We'll start with that tonight. Psalms 27, verse 1. A Psalm of David. The Lord is... Let's read this with me because I love this so much. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know what the answer is there? No one. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We may not always know what to do in the natural, but we have this promise. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my hope. He is the anchor of my soul, like Pastor shared this morning. He is my light. We have a guide on the inside. The one who brings light in the midst of darkness or in the midst of confusion. You know, I just want to testify tonight and say that the Lord is good. And the Lord has been good. He's been good to me. He's been good to us. He's been good to this church. Many of you know our story, but He did by His Spirit. The Lord, the one who is the light of my salvation. He is the one who supernaturally led us to the Bay Area 34 years ago, our first Sunday was on July 4th, 1982. We started off like a house of fire with a firecracker, firecracker, and we are still going and burning bright for Him. It's a supernatural thing that God did in raising up this church. Some of you have been here just a few years. Many of you have been here many years, and you know, but we had folks... Through the years, many of them are already in heaven. Some have moved out of the area. But we've had folks through the year that have been supernaturally joined to this body. And look what the Lord has done. Amen. It's been an amazing trip. And we're not finished yet. 
Many ministers. Yeah, there's been many people that have come through here that God has, uh, he's nurtured them. He's raised them up and they've gone out all over the world. Ministers, people have gone to Rama, people have started churches. Awesome things. You know, it's not just what we see here tonight. It's what God has done and sent people here and raised people up to minister here. And it's just been a glorious thing. Again, we want to give Him the honor and we want to give Him the glory. But I was thinking about it today when we first came here. Some, you know, some of our relatives, mine, loved God and they were more spirit-filled. But like on pastor's side, some of our relatives, they thought we were crazy. For loading up our citation with two little babies and heading west. We didn't really know what was going to happen. But I remember the last day in Minnesota when we were packing all of our belongings into that citation. I feel like this verse here. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? There was no fear. Because when you're in the plan and the will of God, He leads you forth with peace. We were led out with joy. We went forth in the peace of God. And that's what He does for all of us when we are following His will and following His plan. There's a light on the inside. There's a guide on the inside. Psalms 18, verse 28. We'll go back to Psalms 27 in a minute. But this verse in Psalms 8 28, it says this, For thou will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. One translation says, My God will illuminate my darkness. There's things that we may not understand. There's things that we maybe haven't seen yet that are going to be coming to pass. And we're like, Lord, what is that? When is that going to happen? But as we keep pressing into him, he said, I will illuminate your darkness. Those things that you don't see clearly yet, the Lord will be the light. He will show us exactly what to do. Can you get happy about that? We all know that there's things that show up in our life that we weren't expecting to happen. But I'm so thankful that there's no snare, there's no trap, there's no attack of the enemy that shows up that's not unexpected to the Lord. And he promised that he will always show us the way of escape. I heard a minister of the gospel say this this week about this verse. It just, it it did something. It resonated in my spirit. She studies Hebrew a lot and she said the sages said this about this passage. Misfortune is the darkness, but salvation from it is the light. Misfortune is the darkness. Misfortune happens. Things happen. But... Doesn't stop there. Salvation from it is the light. Am I looking at any children of the light tonight? We're not children of the darkness. We don't have to stumble through this world wondering what to do. We have the light on the inside of us. And when darkness tries to encompass us or, or situations that are heavy and weighty, we can call on the light on the inside. You know what light does? Light always dispels the darkness. He said, I will illuminate your darkness. 
The light on the inside of us is greater than any darkness in the world. Amen? Now let's go back to Psalms 27. Pastor read this scripture this morning in uh, verse 13 of Psalms 27. Out of the King James it says this. Psalms 27, 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want to center in on that word fainted today. Of course, Pastor talked about to faint is to lose hope. But I also started just looking at the word faint and what it means. Listen to the definitions of faint. Without strength, without courage or hope, weak, feeble, without enthusiasm, or half-hearted. Have you ever fainted in the natural? I remember one time when I was a teenager and I think I'd had the flu or something and I hadn't been eating, I hadn't been drinking, and that, that's not a smart thing to do. We've got to take care of our body. But you know, I'm a church girl, so I pressed through and I went to church. And when church service was over and I was feeling kind of funny, kind of woozy, stepped outside on the sidewalk. I was up one minute, and the next minute I was down on the ground. Thank God somebody caught me, but I fainted. And it was a really weird feeling. You know, you're just like, whoo, like floating it all of a sudden. And I actually had to go to the doctor, and they had to put me in the hospital and give me IVs because I was completely dehydrated. Sometimes people faint because they are weak and they are dehydrated. And then it also, one of the definitions here, it says uh, faint is without enthusiasm or half-hearted. Half-hearted. Have you ever done something with your kids? I can remember having all this homework and all these projects with the boys. And, you know, you're, they're sitting at the table and you keep going, get your work done. Are you doing it? And they're like... Yeah, I'll just kind of throw in the pencil or John's favorite was beating pencils on the table or whatever, pretending he was playing an instrument or getting up and doing the air guitar. And, you know, come on now. You're not very enthused about getting this job done. And then, you know, I'd call her in there and say, how are you doing? I'm working. I'm doing my best. And I look, you could tell by the body language and their expression not doing their best, half-hearted. That's one of the definitions of faint, not to be, to be without enthusiasm, to be half-hearted. And when they would say, I'm doing my best, I'm like, really? I don't think so. That is not your best effort. And I was thinking about that yesterday, and I was wondering, I wonder if God ever feels like saying, really? That is not your best effort. You're not doing your best. You are fainting. You are without enthusiasm. You're half-hearted serving the Lord. And that's not what He wants us to do, right? He wants us to serve Him with joy and with gladness. So why do people faint? Why do you think people faint when it comes to the things of God? They stop believing in the vision that God has given them. I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. When you stop believing that God is good and you stop believing that His Word is 
through and what he promised he will do, that's feigning. And we don't want to do that. We don't need to re-preach pastor's message. Get that message this morning. Both services were excellent. We faint when we lose hope that our vision will ever come to pass. There's other reasons that people faint. I fainted in the natural because I hadn't been eaten and I hadn't been drinking. Did you know that people faint in the spirit because they're not eating the right stuff? That's true. Yeah. If you have a bad diet in the natural, yeah. you're going to get in trouble physically. If you have a bad diet in the spirit realm, you're going to get in trouble. And you might faint in the day of adversity. There's a scripture that says that if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. It's small. You didn't eat what you should have been eating. Y'all don't look very happy tonight. We'll be happy. This is not a bad message. This is a good message. We're not going to faint. I would have fainted unless. That's where we're at. We're not fainting. We are the unless because we are believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But if you don't eat the right stuff, you get in trouble. If you're feasting on worry and fear and hurt, and resentment, and doubt, and unbelief. Guess what? It's an unhealthy diet. And it will cause your spirit to get weak and to faint in the day of adversity. But here at this church, we love the Word, don't we? We love the living Word of God. One of my favorite scriptures about the Word is Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. The prophet said this, Your words were found, and I ate them. I remember I was just a kid, and I was reading through the Bible, and I remember seeing this verse, and it made me so happy. I was like, wow, I can eat the Word of God. And then it went on and it said, And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. Have you ever opened up the Bible and you read a scripture and you went, Woo! Woo! That makes me happy. That's a true happy meal. Glory to God. I was feeling down. And then I read this scripture. The Lord said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Woo! Hallelujah. I was feeling a little bit weak. And I turned over and I read Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Woo! Something just happens on the inside of you when you read the Word of God. It causes your spirit to get strong. It's the right diet. It's the right food. Hallelujah. And holding fast to the Word of God. This scripture is awesome too. Philippians 2. 16. Can you tell? I like the word. That's why I relate to prophet Jeremiah. Thy words were found and I did eat them and they were joy 
and rejoicing to my heart. If you don't like to read the Word, maybe you ought to get saved. Oops. Stay nice. No, not you guys. If you come to Sunday nights in Hayward, you're saved. Hallelujah. I know you're saved. <laughs> Philippians 2.16 says this. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Look at that. Don't faint. Endure. Hold fast to the word. Why? It is life. The word of God. It's life to all of our flesh. And that life gives us strength so that we will run and not be weary. Woo! Say this with me. I'm going to live long. I'm going to finish strong. Because I love the word. And the word is life. Hallelujah. It's a life-giving force. Glory to God. Then there's other reason why people faint. And that's not us. We're going to learn so we don't do this. When they try to make the vision God's given them come to pass in their own strength. I know any, no one in here's ever done that. Oh, I can do this. I can tell that person to do this. I can tell God he needs to move on that heart. Well, we got this, God. No, we need to rely upon him. Y'all remember the account of Elijah the prophet. We won't look over at this whole account, but over in 1 Kings 18, where Elijah had had that showdown with the prophets of Baal. I mean, that's a huge victory. That's a major thing that happened that day. He called fire down from heaven. It licked up all of the water that he had poured in the trenches. And then he gets up and he declares, The Lord, He is God. Don't serve any other God. Kill all the prophets of Baal. I mean, it was a shouting time. It was a victory time. But if you keep reading the word of God, you know what happened in the very next chapter? He gets word that Jezebel is out to kill him. And instead of seeking the Lord and getting his mind on what he should do in this situation, he ran. You know, it's a tactic of the devil sometimes after you've experienced a great victory. You're shouting. You're on the dance floor. You're, whoo, God, you are good. You are awesome. And then the phone rings and you get, you know, your kid's been in a car accident or something happened, you know. And oh, all of a sudden, you lose the victory. That's a tactic of the enemy when you're shouting sometimes and he comes along and he tries to throw another punch. You know, Elijah had, had quite a day. He outran King Ahab's chariots. He, the rain came down from heaven. All of this was happening in the same chapter, in the same day. That's quite a glorious event. But then you know what happened? He ran because he heard that this attack was coming from Jezebel. 
I think probably what really happened is he was tired in the natural. And sometimes, you know, you got come through something and you've got the victory. But there's times you just need to rest in the Lord after that and replenish yourself. And he hadn't done that. Vince Lombardi said this, fatigue makes cowards of us all. So it's important that we stay strong in the Lord for sure. And we draw up on his spirit and drink in of his of his refreshing. Amen. So let's look what happened to Elijah here. In First Kings chapter 19. We'll look at verse 5 and 7. So he's out here. He ran after this great victory. Then as he lay and he slept under a broom bush. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him. Arise and eat. Then he looked. And there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Now this is what I want you to catch. Read this with me. Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. You know, we can't go in our own strength. We can't do everything that God has called us to do and commissioned us to do. We cannot do it in our own ability. He'd have this great victory, but now he's ready to die. You can see that. He's like, oh, I'm the only one left. If you read the first part of that, I'm the only one left. There's nobody left serving God except me. I might as well die. And God was not finished with him yet. And that's another lie. The enemy will come and he'll say, well, you know, your best days are behind you. Whoa, the church had some awesome, great revivals, but that's all in the past and then people get all caught up in well how can I make this happen what can I do Why, how can I cause revival well the answer is nothing we got to lean upon him we have to be faithful we got to do our part we got to pray we got to get in the word but in reality the journey is too great for any of us pastor Mark and I can't carry this church and make this church a success We know it's got to be in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Elijah, he had a choice here. This angel said, the journey's too great for you. You got to arise and you got to eat what I have put in front of you. Look at verse 8. So he did. He arose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of that food For 40 days and 40 nights. That was some meal. That had to be some sort of angel food cake. Now let me just insert this. There are no bars at Trader Joe's that you can eat that are going to sustain you for 40 days. So don't get off on some extreme fast kind of deal and say, Okay, God told me I don't have to eat for 40 days. I seriously doubt that. We need to live a fasted life. This was a supernatural thing that happened. Elijah had to do what God told him to do. But it's a picture for us. 
We have to arise in our spirit and we have to eat of the word of God. That's where we get our strength. Otherwise, we're not going to get to the places that we are supposed to go. This church, the church at large, the body of Christ, has got some places to go in God. Our best days are not behind us. The lies may come and say, oh, the greatest moves have already happened in the body of Christ. The glory has already fell. The days of miracles have already happened. That is not scriptural. Our God saves the best for last. We are the glorious church. And he is going to fill his church with his glory. We are not going out of here beat up and beat down. We are going out of here saturated with the presence of almighty God. The revival that we've been praying for and contending for is right on the horizon. The glory of the Lord is going to cover the whole earth like the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. The best days are ahead. We're in the edge of it. I really believe that. The church has been kind of in a little bit of a season of a lull. But things are about to burst open. Things are about to happen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Revival fires are burning. Things are stirring in the hearts of men and women. If you've been namaso brandadataha, if you will take time just to pray in the spirit and to wait. In my presence, you will see things on the inside of you. You will touch things concerning your own future. You will touch things concerning the moves that I am about to burst on the scene with in the earth. And I will and I will give you divine utterance to pray for those things. Oh my my so don't be weary. Don't be disheartened. Oh, my sombrandidi kaha. Don't say, oh, but I thought we'd have more people in church by now. Oh, I thought there'd be more happening. I thought this and I thought that. That's the problem. Don't lean to your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your path. I will illuminate your darkness. I will shine light. Oh, my sombra taha. I'll show you the way that you should go. I'll show you the things that you should say. And even and even some of you concerning your careers, your Oh, listen to me. Don't be weary in well-doing. Oh, my, my, my. Too many people quit right on the finish line. Too many people stop and they let go of their faith right when I am about to burst open blessings and rewards 
that they haven't stepped into. So even in the realm of your career and your job, seek my face. For there are divine connections and there is light that will come on the inside of you. And I can show you things that will be a blessing to your company. And it will cause your company to prosper. The place where you work. And that prosperity will spill on over unto you supernaturally. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my, my. We are not going to go in our own strength. We are like Moses with the children of Israel. He said, if your spirit doesn't go, I'm not going. I'm not going without the hand of the Lord. I am not going without the presence of the Lord. And that applies to every area of our lives. Dombri ki sapatin darataha. Ambre sibitum breti. Dastubrienta. In this day and in this hour, there is nothing more important than being led by your spirit. And walking in the light. <laughs> 